That's not gonna, <laughs> that's not going to show up. What are you doing? No, no. Oh, he's turning around so it doesn't distract me. Don't look at things. Don't look at things I own. <laughs> no idea. What? Literally no idea. What does that mean? I don't know, man. It's been a long year. Welcome to Hey Brew, a show about beer and storytelling. Each episode, one of us brings the beer and the story. There's some kind of link between the two. My name's Elliot. My name's Mike. And I'm off the hook this week because it is a Mike episode. These are my favorite episodes because it means I just get to react. Yeah, I was going to say, you can tell that we just finished recording another episode because we're starting a little more lively. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> because it's been a public holiday, double episode recording, we thought it would yeah. be a good idea. Yeah. It's a Friday morning-ish. Friday no, afternoon. It's Friday mid-afternoon. Four o'clock. Fuck you. Um, so, <laughs> we've, look, some of us went out last night, had a big night, and I was just topping up, okay? Yeah. Some of us is a me. Some of us is you. Yeah. One of us. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, but, but what I'm saying is, like, yeah, we've obviously, like, the energy level's much higher because our hangover's gone because I had some Mexican food and a beer. Yeah. Like great. the cornerstone of any nutritious breakfast. Yeah. Fucking smashing. At, like, two in the afternoon. But look, let's not um, delve too far into that. Yeah. I don't really know where I'm going with Yeah, me anyway. neither. Cool. So, like I say, I'm off the hook this week. But the one I would say, well, I'm not off the hook this week, is it? Because I literally just recorded one. Yeah. Um, what I would add, though, is that uh, I can't really do the, like, got any beer news, Mike. Because we just did that. Yeah, just had a, episode. had a really good beer very recently. Um, <laughs> I had a good beer, what, like an hour ago? Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, I guess... We might as well just jump, jump, straight jump, jump straight in. Yeah, this is like an unusual episode. We should just an, made up some beer an stuff. Unusually short intro. Actually, no. Why don't you tell the lovely people at home what you just told me about Moondog's new place in Preston? Oh yeah. Um. So they've been talking about that for a while. As we're going to open in September, we're almost out of September, so I don't think that's happening. Uh. But they've basically converted a giant warehouse into their new venue space. I think they said it will hold a little, a little over seven hundred people. It's decent size. Yeah. Uh, but they've got an internal river and lagoon, which they've basically like carved into the concrete floor. Um, they've got some pictures up now. If you go find, it's called Moondog World. If you go look them up on Instagram, they've got a few photos of the progress as they build it out. Absolutely. But it's basically like this river that goes out to the the larger sort of like lagoon mini lake thing. And there's like an island in the middle of it with like what looks like an actual tree, like palm tree in the middle mm. of it. And they've got like rope put like, rope around the edge of this lake thing and put basically like poolside chairs around it it looks fucking great and it's th- so mad and i think they said there's going to be like 72 taps at this place fucking hell so yeah they're going to have a whole bunch of their like maybe limited release stuff able to be on tap for longer which i'm quite into yeah dude that's gonna be great um but for people who are from melbourne it's not far away from the three ravens uh brewery mm. in thornbury yeah it's kind of like just around the corner from there which is also not far from yeah another brewery yes there's a, there's a few around that there's, area. there's one really near three ravens that we were there recently i'm sure of it i don't remember that big and there. yeah um <laughs> So yeah, sorry I, for the I, others of that brewery. If it's you, yeah, and you're um, listening. So yeah, I showed you the photo from Moondog World yeah. earlier, and I probably lost it. Yeah, it it doesn't look like any kind of brewery it's venue ridiculous. I've ever seen. It's and ridiculous. I'm gonna be there when it opens. I'm very excited. Yeah, very good stuff. Yeah. Anywho, shall we get into this beer that we have in front of us? Let's do it, Mike. Okay. Why don't you tell us what we're drinking today? So today we have. Uh, from the Stockade Brew Company. I love Stockade. Yeah, saying that, it's brewed and canned by Tribe Breweries out of New South Wales. Mm, um, so I guess it's just like a, a label that they have. Um, but this is the the Mountie. 
a maple imperial stout. I really liked the old artwork for the Mountie. Yeah, so this, this is, one's pretty decent. Yeah, so this is like a limited edition can release. I think previously it's been in bottles. It has. Um, so the image on the front is of, you know, a Mountie, the Royal Canadian Mounted Police. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he looks like he's basically dunking maple syrup on his own head. Yeah, he's also shirtless. Well, well, well his shirt he's, he's, yeah, he's got chest. the yeah. But um, this is no, this is their new artwork and style for everything now. Oh they've, yeah, they've like okay. um, also I'm looking for like rebranded a bit. Yeah, they've rebranded and brought it all like in line to be a particular branding theme. Yeah, okay, uh, it's pretty interesting. It's quite cool. Yeah, but did, have you ever seen the original branding for the Mountie? I don't think so. It is a uh, be short, shorted, and shirtless uh, Mountie pouring maple syrup on himself, and not like this sort of cutesy, more like pixel graphics, like body shots level. Yeah, like it's very realistic okay. and he's beardy <laughs> okay. and he's like holding a big Canadian flag in the wilderness and it's very like... I'm into that. It's very unnecessarily sexy. Yeah. <laughs> it's great. Okay. Well, shall we open this? Let's. Let's do this. Oh, that's that's gone. A little mm. bit everywhere. Mm. Oh my God. Oh my God. I licked something off my hands. That yeah. is intense. Yeah. I've... Either that or the soap that you're using downstairs is intense. Uh, Cards on the table. I've had this before and I really fucking like it. Yeah, it's great. Also, cards on the table, Michael. Why don't you tell us quite how strong this is? Uh, Yes. So, this beer is 12% ABV. Fuck's sake. Uh, In a 330ml can that equates to 3.1 standard drinks each. So, goodbye afternoon. Hello tomorrow. (laughs) Hello coma, as previously mentioned. Um, All right. So. Hmm. Shall we? Do you want to read the little bit on the back? Well, there's not a, there's not a lot of uh, oh, there's not a lot of blurb. It basically just says this big rich stout is all about roasty raisins, chocolate, maple syrup, and more maple syrup. Smash it! Yeah, let's do it. Not smash it. Obviously, a twelve percent. Yeah, here we go. I really get the raisins actually. Yeah, really early. I did not read that the last time I had it, mm. and so I didn't really notice it. But mm. it's definitely there. That kind of boozy fruit. Yeah, a yeah. little bit. It's not overly boozy despite being 12%. So the maple's just hitting now. It's like a couple of seconds after. Yeah. That's wild. That's little, such a long yeah, finish. Yeah, a little bit of that that sweetness really cutting through, which I think helps offset the amount of alcohol that's in that. Yeah, um, yeah. You, I I could easily not believe it was 12%. Yeah. You um, think, oh, it's just a strong flavoured stout. Mm, um, yeah. It is big and thick and juicy mm. in your tongue. That's great. It, yeah, it is quite uh, sticky is how I would describe it. Honestly, I just had to go wash my hands because I got yeah. a bit of it on there and it is actually sticky. Mm. Like, it, it also, like, it smells quite sweet as well. Mm. Um, I'm quite a fan of it. Like I said, yeah. I've had it before, but... It smells like a bit like Christmas pudding. Okay. Okay. Probably um, not. <laughs> well, I'm not... Oops. Uh, I'm not getting a lot of that. Well, it's, um, for me, it's like the fruitiness and like the darker, like, sugar. Yeah, okay. I get what you mean. Mm. Mm. Oh my god, that's really good. Mm. The only problem is it's really good, um, and you're gonna drink it fast and yeah. be done. Yeah, pretty end. much. Oh uh, yeah. Okay. So well, that, that's our thoughts on the beer. Mm-hmm. Would you like to hear what we're talking about today? I would actually. I'm intrigued. Yeah. So, Hang on, can I make a fucking guess? Yeah. I think you might have told me, but I don't know. Go on. Based on the beer, and yeah. based on you as a person, yeah. and based on all of our historical episodes, uh-huh. it's either gonna be one of two things: something wet and spooky, which mm-hmm. I don't think it is. Not really. Maple syrup? Sort of. Ooh. So I initially, when I was looking at this beer and thinking about episodes, I thought, I'll do one on the Royal Canadian Mounted Police. That's why I thought you might do it first. Yeah. And then I, I started, I honestly like brought Potentially up- a, a bit dry as well. Well, I brought up a couple of pages. I was like, oh, it's cool. Cops that ride horses. And then I thought, no, you know what? Fuck cops. I'm not going to do that. So instead- <laughs> Sorry. 
Uh, <laughs> <do> you, <laughs> I just want to isolate that. Okay, I'm actually going to ask you for this later. When we do editing, yeah. can you isolate and give me a audio clip of you saying, and then I thought, you know what? Fuck cops. Yeah. Because that's when you ringtone. You can have it. Fantastic. Uh, so no, we Like are... Jeff got law-abiding citizen for the no, record. I am. No, so today we're going to be talking about the great Canadian maple syrup heist. Oh, that sounds way cooler. Yeah. Fuck yes. Yeah. Fuck cops. Yeah. ACAB, motherfucker. This. Except for you, Anthony. I don't know if you listen, but you're actually quite nice. Yeah. <laughs> Not all cops. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, uh, two two main sources for this. One being a Netflix show uh, by the name of Dirty Money. There's, right. there's one season, came out last year. It's like six episodes. So, this is season one, episode five, called The Maple Syrup Heist. Uh, and then, as per usual, Wikipedia. Um, the Dirty Money episode, however, the theme song for that for that show is a banger. It's Lie, Cheat, Steal by Run the Jewels. Oh, it's a fucking a, tune. Yeah, a group that we're both a fan of. Yeah. Um, I will say this episode made me fucking hungry because there's all these glorious high-def shots of like pancakes and someone slowly pouring maple syrup over it. I just ate and now I want that. Yeah. Dude, I had chicken and waffles from Bells last week. Oh. It was covered in maple syrup. So, it was so good. Uh, I went out uh, with my partner this morning to get breakfast mm. and on the menu was Canadian hotcakes. And I was like, fucking, yes, I got them. Yeah. And it was like these ricotta hotcakes with streaky bacon, walnuts, and maple syrup just all over the motherfucker. Oh, yeah. And I, it was just like the perfect little bit of closure on all of the research I did yesterday. That's so good. Yeah. Mm. Oh, man, I'm jealous. That sounds real tasty. Can I have for breakfast? Yeah. Cold pasta that I made for the week. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Cold pasta can, can be all right. Was it? I'll take that as a no. Mm. Uh, it's fine. It's a, it's a cheap lunch is what it is. Yeah. Uh, so real quick, maple syrup made from sap from maple trees. Uh, the largest producer uh, is obviously Canada, but more specifically the province of Quebec. All right. Well, province or territory. I'm not sure which one they go by. Oh. Either way, mm-hmm. Quebec. Um, they produce 70% of the world's output like wow. of, of all maple syrup. Um, Canadian exports in 2016 were about... Four hundred and eighty-seven million dollars Canadian, uh, with Quebec. That doesn't seem like that much money. With Quebec making up ninety percent of that amount. Wait, is that just maple syrup exports? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I was like, four hundred eighty-seven million dollars exports. That's shit. No, that should be the just, billion. That's just, just maple, maple syrup. syrup. Bark me, right? Yeah. Um, it's. I didn't know this, but it's gr- like there's a grading system for maple syrup based on the the density and the translucency. And there's like three different systems. There's like a Canadian one, a US one, and then more specifically a Vermont rating system. Oh, wow. I don't, I don't have what they are, but I just thought that was interesting. Can I just pause you one second? It's none of this without beer. Mm. There's a nut. There's a, there's a maybe, nut. Maybe a walnut? It might be, yeah. Because yeah, walnuts and maple syrup oh, go very uh, well maybe together. Maybe it's pecan. Oh, yeah, that could be it. That could be Try it. that and see if you can get that. Because I got that a bit from that um, pecan tart stout that I had from the brewery. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Which I didn't particularly like. I'm getting a little bit of that. Yeah. Sorry, Um, do continue. Yeah, so a couple of things with the grading system, uh, which, like I said, news to me. Um, If you're you're using, like, the Canadian system. I really like that there's, like, an American system and a Canadian system. It's like, already, that's too many systems. Yeah. And then the Vermont system. It's like, oh, fuck you. Yeah, why? This is, like, all those different kinds of, um, what's it called when you're referencing papers at uni? Oh, yeah. Like, APA referencing and all that stuff, yeah. Um, so if you're using the Canadian system, it must, uh, be made exclusively of maple sap and it must have at least, it must be at least 60% sugar, uh, 66% sugar. 
Um, the US and Vermont def- definitions are slightly different, but they're pretty pretty close to that. Right. Um, so it's basically like, does it have the right ingredients is kind of what they're going for. And then the, the density and the translucency. It's like the German like beer purity laws. Yeah, yeah, stuff like that. That stops um, German brewing being particularly inventive in my opinion. Yeah, you, you can do some stuff with those ingredients, but what what you generally get out of Germany is pretty homogenous. Yes, very much so. Um, this is the second time we've used that word in two podcasts now. I think you said hegemony in the last one. Yeah, I did. You did. Uh, so calling something maple syrup actually has a pretty specific definition and it's controlled. And like, yeah, protected term. Like it is with the, the rating systems they mm. have for it. I will say, in at least in Australia and New Zealand, I've seen maple flavored syrup which is uh. like a term used for imitation maple syrup um but there's also golden syrup i don't know if you've seen that yeah it's a different thing it's very thick but it it's it's a similar sort of flavor but it's closer to something like treacle yeah so 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 tr- uh, yeah so golden syrup is a kind of treacle and you mm. have dark treacle and light treacle and i believe golden syrup yeah. is just light treacle so by lions brand in the uk yeah um so a little bit of like stage setting, I guess, for the heist. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so in 1958, uh, producers in the uh, Buce region, B-E-A-U-C-E, in the south of Quebec, uh, they came up with a, a joint plan to kind of protect their rights as maple syrup producers and to collectively market maple syrup. Yeah, right on. Um, and that led to the formation of the federation of quebec maple syrup producers in 1966 that's a fucking dry bunch isn't it yeah uh, i'm going to use the acronym fpaq for that which is an acronym based on the french name mm, i would insist that you call it the fapq well i was going to say fpac or just the federation yeah because yours actually uses the letters in the right order yeah. as well so i'm, I'm going to go either like i'm going to use the terms either probably fpaq fpac or federation interchangeably but back talking about them all right um, so in the eighties and the nineteen eighties, nineteen nineties, like the maple syrup industry was kind of in a bit of trouble. Um, <laughs> All right, it like is basically to the point where I don't have the reasons for why it was in trouble, but some some producers were cutting down their maple trees because they could get better returns on the wood than they could from Whoa. the maple syrup. It sucks. Yeah. So that led to... I'm sorry, you can tell I really care about maple syrup. No, maple syrup is great. Maple syrup is fucking um, great. So that led to, in 1989, um, all of the Federation producers began operating under a collective agreement uh, regarding the sale and marketing of maple syrup. Um, so the main, the main things that had was a production quota system. So the Federation would tell producers how much they can produce and sell within a season. And if there's any excess, that gets placed into what's called the International Strategic Reserve. It's mm-hmm. the official title. It's basically Global Strategic Maple Syrup Reserve. I love that. So it is... Ba- like we're going to be releasing barrels from the Federal Reserve. Yeah, so that was the idea. Oh, when, fuck off. When, when production was low in one year, they yeah. would pull stuff out of the reserve to keep supply consistent. I wonder if this is like when you have wine lakes and stuff in the, in the European Union. What is that? So wine lakes are when... I believe a wine lake is when you have a particularly bumper like wine crop crop yeah and you can they 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 have like i guess like european union controls over right. what to do with for one of better word, the excess and right. it can drive market prices that yeah. is my understanding actually i don't know what it is but that's what i think it is okay it's like it, yeah it sounds similar um so yeah it's basically like the fort knox of canada because 
Like, <laughs> uh, I love Ma- it. Maple syrup to them is basically like mm, in this gold. Well, in this Netflix episode, gold. they like Canadian people were calling it a national treasure. It is well, such it a is. huge part of what people, and especially Quebec. Like, yeah, now Brian Thicke's gone. Who? Uh, no, not Brian. Alan Thicke. Oh yeah, Brian Thicke. Other national treasure. Um, but yeah, so it's it's basically a stockpile of maple syrup that they can use to bump up supply levels if it dips in one year. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. And otherwise they just store it indefinitely. Um, so that's the production quota system. And then, yeah, the, the other the other sort of um, collective agreement stuff is not super relevant here. Can I say, I'm just really enjoying the idea that in America they have Fort Knox to look after their gold. Yeah. And potentially there are other things there seemingly. Yeah. Um, in Canada they have um, the Fort of Hard Knox. I don't fucking know what the Fort. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Fort sorry, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, it's to store their maple syrup. Yeah, there's like yeah, there's a real strategic difference between the yeah. two of you there. Um, so yeah, the goal here being to stabilize global supply uh, while ensuring prices are kept at a predictable and consistent level for the producers, so that you know there's less, I guess, anxiety year to year in terms of them being able to live and make money off what they're doing. Yeah, fair enough. Um, and it. It led to prices going up and staying up because of this, like, limit, this control on the supply. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, 2017, 2018 figures were for a barrel of maple syrup, Canadian, <laughs> Canadian, $1,800. That's well more than oil. Oil was about 50 to 80. Holy crap. Yeah. Uh, and, like, that might all sound like a good thing in terms of the producers being protected from market problems, that sort of thing. There have been a lot of accusations of cartel behavior. It's mm. effectively price fixing. Yeah, I was going to say, it's, it's in no way a free market. And there's like this whole group of independent maple syrup producers, which have been since this started fighting this entire organization because they want it to be a free market. Yeah, and right. so there's certainly arguments either way. I would say, um, like I said, accusation of cartel behavior. The Federation is also. Uh, based on this documentary, um, they've been accused of using like heavy-handed scare tactics, um, exorbitant fines for these independent producers because they're not conforming within their system. We're talking like over a million dollars in some cases. Uh, and like they're out there surveilling these independent producers and harassing them with inspectors and all, all this kind of crazy stuff. Okay. Yeah, because so. they basically just want to have control over all maple syrup production in Quebec. If there's going to be anyone in Canada who's a villain... It's the French Canadians, isn't it? Let's be honest. <laughs> I'm not. They're that the door. Canadian villains. But I also love. Well, they're French. It's okay. Yeah. It's not an English language podcast. It's an English language podcast. They won't listen to it. They're bastards. They might. They don't. They refuse. Um, no. Massive sweeping generalization. <laughs> Nobody likes the French. Anyway. Mm. On top of that, I like the idea of this like mafia. Canadian it, yeah. maple syrup mafia. Yeah, it basically is operating like that. Wake up with a moose's head in your bed. Um, yeah but there was also like that going in the other direction where some of these like they called them like rebels and like they're like these uh federation producers were referring to them as rebels but they were at sometimes like burning down what's called sugar shacks which is where they like it's like one one of the stages in maple syrup production it's like where they boil, boil the sugar or out of it or something like that but they burned down a few of those as like protest action so it's full on what i'm loving about this is you know um 
in like prohibition America. Mm. Like you see those bits in movies where like the police raid them and they go in, they take an axe and they smash the barrels yeah. and like it comes yeah. out. I just had the image of like them, stuff like that happening and going in and like smashing one of the bottoms of the barrels and then it just really slowly like seeping out because it's quite thick maple syrup. Well, it's just like yeah, yeah. yeah. It's um, really the same as yeah. all the wine spewing out and the beer down the drain. Well. Um, I guess I'll leave. Yeah. I did what I came here to do. I got my point across. Yeah. It's like, you know, when he's gone, we're just going to tape that up. Like, yeah, Yeah. it's fine. Yeah. Um, So yeah, the Federation started an exclusive selling agency and there were obviously regulations on production and all that stuff. And they were trying to, yeah, like I said, just control the whole uh, supply chain, I guess. Um, A monopoly. Yeah. Well, their regulations made claims. Weirdly. Their regulations made claims to the sap in the trees, not the syrup once it's produced. Huh. So that's why they were going out and inspecting all these independent producers because they were trying to claim the trees <clears throat> themselves. Interesting. And this is government-backed, right? Well, it was initially an independent collective of producers, mm. but I'm going to I'm, I'm get to it later, but the, they are so in with the Quebec government <laughs> that they were able to turn over a bunch of legal proceedings. It's so Canadian. Yeah. Uh, so <laughs> it's the most Canadian story it's ever. Very, it it's so very much. good. Uh, so yeah, some... Obviously, this is probably not a surprise, but some of these independent producers began to sell maple, their maple syrup on the black market. So there was a black market for maple syrup. And there probably God, still is. I bet black market maple syrup tastes amazing. Yeah. Um, so yeah, lot, lots, of pro, lots, of, lots of protests and legal challenges to the Federation's activities. Um, but obviously, they're, they're so big and they've got so much money and they're so tight with the Quebec government that they can pretty much just squash that. So there was one point where... Some of these independent producers actually won a legal challenge over the incredibly large fines. Like I said, some of them are over a million dollars Canadian. Um, and they were, they were claiming that it's unconstitutional and they won that challenge. And then the Supreme Court eventually overturned it because that's how tight they are with the Federation. Fucking hell. Yeah. So that's kind of... That's that's like the background of <laughs> sorry of like the maple this whole thing is just ridiculous. The maple syrup, the federation, all that stuff, right? August twenty fourth, two thousand twelve. While doing an annual inventory of their stock in the in the strategic reserve, uh, they di- they discovered um, that a bunch of maple syrup was missing. Oh, oh yeah, fuck off. We're talking. Like nine thousand five hundred barrels worth. Oh shit! Okay, that's a fucking decent amount. I just imagine it's like, yeah, looking at a barrel, it's like this is a little low. Yeah, worth more than thirty million dollars Canadian. Shit. Uh, and it was that wasn't the black market. You know, you got to get it fenced. You know, you yeah. got to think about these things. Have you got a good maple syrup fence? Do you have a good dealer? N- not me. Uh. I've never needed one. <laughs> You're happy with that imitation maple syrup? You fucking chump. Yeah. Um, so yeah like I said this was while while they were taking their their annual inventory in one of the warehouses an inspector nearly fell while climbing up the barrels when you say nearly fell is it like he uh, nearly met with a terrible accident yeah but but, like, but not in that suspicious tone that you're uh, trying to no. I was gonna say like I I'm trying to trying to convey eyebrow waggling yeah because they're like when they're full they weigh about six hundred pounds and he's climbing up it and it's empty so it just like moves under him I oh, guess. Shit. oh shit okay so the barrels were there but the maple syrup was gone yeah and he fell because it was no yeah exactly interesting um where am i up to i've just lost my place um yeah so initially they they built up a team of like 250 investigators and initially they they didn't have any suspects but they had over 200 potential witnesses and that began to like narrow down their focus 
Um, so their initial suspect um, was this guy called... Um, I'm going to do my best with the pronunciations. Hey, there's, there's it's someone lot, else's turn. There's a lot of French names and French is difficult. Yeah, what was that place we're in? Boss or whatever it's called? What? I don't know. You said the... Oh, Buse, B-E-A-U-C-E. I guarantee it's not how you say that. B-E-A. I don't know how you, if that's a French word. Bose. Bose, probably. Bose. Bose, Bose. he says, having no fucking idea. Yeah. Um, Go on. So yeah, initial suspects was a guy called uh, uh, Richard Vallier-ish. Um, mm. Oh, I love it. So they were looking at him because he had previously been involved with the maple syrup uh, industry, I guess. Um, and... Got ties to big syrup. Well, he... <laughs> he knew how to sell syrup on the black market and had previously like been involved in in a in a uh investigation into a previous maple th- syrup theft um he was also a, a well you wh- know what they say you know can't help himself he's got sticky fingers hey i bet he does uh he was because the syrup's really <laughs> sticky oh uh. i missed that um so he was a well-known uh what's called a barrel roller <laughs> So, so stupid. So that the, uh, so that term comes from like producers would sell everything they produce over quota on the black market to these these people called barrel rollers. Motherfuckers had the black market as well as the regular market. S- not all of them. Some of them, obviously. Yes, um, F pack. And and those fucked. those people like resell that so syrup to cool. exporters. Okay. Um, and it's so it's illegal due to not being an authorized buyer. So that's like going to the federation's controls on the market and all that stuff um so there was this there was this one there's this lawyer in the netflix episode who says this thing which i found really funny the barrels have no gps tracking they have no serial numbers and you can eat the stolen goods (laughs) (laughs) i was like yeah that's that's it's a that's, perfect crime. That's true of any of them if you're brave enough. Well, yeah. Like car and, crime would yeah, go man, down if you had to hide it that way. A man ate a car once. Yeah. But you broke it down. It took fucking ages. Yeah. Um, it's funny. Yeah. <laughs> um, so one of the things they found while investigating, uh, which sort of led them uh, down the road that would eventually find these guys, they noticed one of the barrels had a ring of rust. Sure, it wasn't just... Dry on syrup. No, syrup doesn't sweat, so it wouldn't rust any of the barrels. So then they would, you know, come to find that they were full of water, a bunch of them. Yeah. I see your eyes widen. The plot thickens. (laughs) (laughs) So Yeah. Yeah. So it was was thicker than water. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, a little bit. Um Um, Yeah. So right. (laughs) Sorry. So now now we're gonna start. Might be the twelve, thirteen percent beer, but this is really amusing. Getting us. Um We'll switch focus now to uh, the warehouse owner, a guy by the name of Avic Caron. Um, Avic Caron? Mm. Caron? Mm. There good, good, thank you, I ate. Yeah. Uh, he'd, he'd never previously worked in the maple syrup uh, industry, but he, he just owned this warehouse and the Federation was mm. renting the space from him to store part of the strategic reserve. Um, can I just ask when they presented this show like this for the different suspects? Oh, they, they, they're like presentation of the timeline was very different in terms of the order that they went through because oh. there, there's entire people that were in that show that i'm not bringing up because they're not totally relevant to this part of the story there's more i was just going to ask whether or not they had like a board with red string on it and like pinned uh, people's faces i don't think so but there was one dude at a desk just like shuffling papers like you did, know they do just to fill the scene did you do that when you were laying out the episode i mean i've got just like a massive list of bullet points i was just like taking notes pausing it jumping back and forward i was yeah i was in it 
I like the idea that you had a string board, but okay, fine. I was doing it on my computer. I two monitors. <laughs> you're, just, you're just stapling shit to your computer screen. <laughs> just like, destroying worth it. it. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so Vic Caron, um, yeah, Federation rented part of his, his warehouse. He realized, obviously, that it's maple syrup. It's worth a lot. Mm. And so he was, he was trying to find someone to offload it. So he was like basically plotting the theft in a certain, to a certain extent. Um, but he didn't, he didn't know how to access the black market and do all that sort of stuff. Oh, what a chill. Uh, so he contacted this guy by the name of Sebastian Jutra. Um, I think I've got that right. Uh, who was a, a truck driver who had dealt previously with maple syrup. And so he asked him, you know, do you know someone who knows anyone who can move the syrup on <coughs> this the black is, market? This is like a, uh, a fast movie where someone has to raise money by selling drugs, even though they're not, they're straight laced. Yeah. At some point they all had burner phones and they were able to like tie those records back together and go through the text messages and oh, all that's crazy wicked. stuff. Yeah. But I like that. It's like, uh, I don't know anything about selling drugs. It's like, well, my cousin, his buddy got, he did time. He was, he was for selling weed. It's like, well, why don't we go ask your cousin then? Yeah. And then it's like, this yeah. is, yeah, it's this is what basically this is. like that. Um, yeah. So Jutra uh, connected the warehouse owner, Avic Caron with uh, Richard Vallier, which I mentioned before. Uh, is the guy who was like the initial suspect. Mm. Um, so you basically got these three guys um, who are kind of the warehouse owner, the truck driver, and the guy who knows how to move the shit. So the fence. Well, he wasn't the fence. He was. He, well, he he was taking it. He was the guy who knew where the exporters were who would move it, which is essentially what they did. They sort of the mule, the dealer, the middleman. That's, that's the middleman. Yeah, man. basically the middleman. Uh, where am I? We need to have heist movie like titles for all these people. Obviously. Yeah, I, well, I wish they had done that because they they had some like real archetypes in this story. I really want um, music under this like ding 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 ding. Yeah, which I believe is the you wouldn't download a car song. <laughs> yeah, it is. Fuck you! I would download a car. Yeah, so you would download a yeah. car. If anyone doesn't know what the fuck I'm talking well, about, then tough. <laughs> yeah, just Google, you wouldn't download a car. Yeah. I'm pretty sure it'll be a meme, and the caption is, fuck you, I would if I could. <laughs> um, so one other thing that they noticed, which kind of tipped them off to this whole thing, the forklifts that the Federation used in their warehouse have a certain mechanism on them for picking up the barrels that don't actually leave a mark or damage the barrel in any way. Are these barrels wood? No, they're, they're like metal barrels. Oh, yeah, they're basically they're rust, like, yeah. yeah. So it's ba- like they had footage of one of them. It's basically like it's got a little hook that hits the lip on the top of the barrel and then like these pads that hit the side and it's kind of just like balancing it against that. Mm. But what they found is the barrels that, you know, had been part of the, the theft, they had marks on the side of them. So it was just a normal like pellet forklift. I got to say like some incompetent criminal activity. Yeah, there's, there's a few things that kind of like... They left a breadcrumb trail, as it were. Yeah. So what they ended up doing was going around... If I was to steal millions of dollars worth of maple <laughs> syrup again, I'd do it way better. Yeah. Uh, I would imagine they've tightened security after this whole thing. Yeah. Maple security, maple syrup security is real tight. Yeah. Um, so what they what they actually did was they went around places... Something about a sticky situation. Yeah. They went around uh, forklift rental places in the area and basically just like checked all of their records around that time frame and they found that one of these three guys i think it was sebastian juta uh he had left his name on the rental yeah it's stuff like that it's like come on when was this again uh so the the entire theft happened across 2011 and 12 so i was like it was a period of months this was going on it wasn't just like a one-time thing they stole nine and a half thousand barrels yeah just like it just seems that there's quite a lot of things that they've done that are like yeah so so initially they were 
apparently doing the you know swap the syrup out with water and they were doing that stuff but then in, like by the end of it they were just draining they were, they were just draining them putting the empty barrels back which is how they found it because yeah. the guy almost fell off the empty barrel yeah yeah of course so initially yeah they were swapping the back and there were still heavy barrels so it might have lasted longer which is probably how they got away with it for so long mm. um, I, no, I just like I just like the a the sort of like the the criminal missteps they made but also they're like quite sort of like old school detective work they seem to have done yeah. to solve this like check around all of the forklift hire places in the yeah. area i want names mm-hmm. like it, it, i can really imagine like a, an embattled police sergeant being like uh, you know detective detective or whatever like, oh yeah go around all the places that have heavy plant hire and see about if you see about if you can't find someone's name that we know hey yeah it's that that accent evolved as you were speaking. Did, didn't it? I think at one point it was Dutch. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to go through now. You know, I love my Dutch action. Yeah. <laughs> Hello, Dutch Sean Connery. He's back. Fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't know what to do that in the Dutch accent. Yeah. Anyway. Sorry, do go on. Uh, so uh, this is, the next bit is basically like the the heist plan that the Netflix show outlined. And this was like from people that were involved in the investigation. Okay. No, we're not doing this because it's not going to work. Basically, like, Jutra would bring about 100 or so barrels in the truck. And these were like... Hang on, you're not doing it right. Jutra, you bring 100 or so barrels in the truck. I'm not doing that. I'm just going to... I'm just going to... Let me... It's my episode. I'll do the thing. (laughs) It's my episode now. No, it's not. Um, So, yeah, he would bring those barrels in. And they they were like barrels they'd got from some other place. They didn't go into where... Um, but they'd got the they've got the right shade of white and blue paint that they used on the barrels and made them look basically identical. Cool. They'd managed to get also stamps made up or stickers on the barrel which had like the right information and the federation's mm. logo, so they would just blend right in. Um, so they were basically yeah swap those barrels out for real barrels from the warehouse. Okay, so we've got a man who's good at forgery. We've got a man who's can know how to move product. We've got a man who's got heavy plant height. Yeah. Well, you've got the guy who owns the warehouse. He could have done a huge amount of reconnaissance. Yeah. You know, in terms of like the way the labels look and all that sort of stuff. Like, yeah. Fuck. Um, so kind so, of a perfect crime. So they would basically swap the barrels out. They would take the barrels away. Initially, they would, you know, drain them into another container, fill them back up with water and then put them back. Like I said, nine and a half thousand. They were doing them about a hundred or so at a time. So they kind, they've mm. kind of got like a cycle going, I guess. And it, w- it was like their annual stock take when they discovered it. So there's probably like some wiggle room in there as well. Yeah. Yeah. Think about it. The best time to do it would be just after annual stock take. Yeah. And then they would, uh, yeah, take that syrup to a reseller who would then, you know, export it in small batches so that it's harder to trace. And then it basically just gets like filtered out into the market. And then that was how they were doing it. Hmm. Um, so, yeah. Uh when the investigation started to get real hot and they were like narrowing down on them, Avik Caron, it turns out, had previous criminal convictions and apparently Italian mafia connections. Uh, this just gets better. Yeah, he apparently, oh, God. he apparently threatened to shoot Richard Vallier uh, if he leaked the info. Um, but what actually undid them was the other guy, Sebastian Jutra. Oh, you threatened the wrong person. Yeah. Um, thingy. So in, in the episode, they actually like went and interviewed him at his house and like, when they were talking to him, he claimed that he didn't know it was stolen maple syrup, but he was involved in all these conversations and the planning. So I find that pretty hard to believe. Yeah. Uh, so. Yeah. 
Um, but yeah, Jutra testified against the other two, as well as this guy, Etienne Saint-Pierre, uh, who was the reseller. So there was you know, this other fourth guy, but he was down in uh, New Brunswick, which is outside the jurisdiction of the Federation. <laughs> Uh, so that was that was basically oh, yeah, but <laughs> so this falls out of this unofficial body which we created jurisdiction. Yeah, but the federation claimed that by working with Qu- Quebec producers, he was actually uh, breaking the law, like basically saying you are under the jurisdiction because you're messing with people from Quebec. Yeah, committed committed the crime in state lines. For the record, by the way, my friend went to university in New Brunswick. Hello, yeah. Johnson. Oh, Johnson listens to this sometimes. Hey, oh, Johnson. Hello, Johnson. Yeah, uh, not his first name. <laughs> Uh, I mean, it could oh, have been. Uh, Johnson just got married. Congratulations, Johnson and yeah. Nikki. So, yeah, they, they got those four guys. There were other people involved that they arrested. But, um, you know, the, these are the, like the most notable out of the group. Uh, so in terms of the sentencing, uh, Richard Vallier sentenced to eight years in prison plus a $10 million fine uh, with an extension to 14 years in prison if that wasn't paid. I actually don't know if he paid it. I wouldn't I, have paid it. No, like, I imagine. Fuck no, I want to go for prison for ten years. Like, well, it depends how much money he made off the sale. Like, I don't think you can use the money that you make from illicit gains to pay your fines. I don't know. That's seized. Not a legal expert. Uh, Neither am I. So, Avic Caron uh, sentenced to six years in prison plus a one point seven million dollar fine. Uh, Sebastian Jutra uh, served eight months in prison, but then again, he was kind of the guy who testified against the others. So, I imagine there was a, a deal made. Wait, so hang on. 10 to 14 years. What was the second one get? Six years. Six years. Eight months. Motherfucker. Yeah, so I imagine because he kind of undid the whole thing uh, and gave them the evidence they needed uh, that he got a deal. Not snitches, Cap. Uh, and Etienne Saint-Pierre, the, uh, the reseller, uh, got two years of home imprisonment and a $1.03 million fine. Weirdly specific. Yeah. Um, yeah, okay, fair enough. Yeah. Uh, to finish it off, uh, there was one, there was one really fucking good quote from one of the like, quote unquote, rebel independent maple syrup producers, which was, sorry, I really like the idea of the rebel independent maple syrup producers also a bit like bootleggers. Yeah. And I've gone back to they that, kind of are. That, that period of time in American history. Yeah. But like, I imagine I, I hear, um, Steve Earl's Copperhead Road oh, yeah. and they're driving like a, um, I don't know what a Canadian car is. No. There are no Canadian car makers, to my knowledge, but they're driving like an old Dodge, and like bits of the Dodge have been hollowed out to store maple syrup in it. Yeah, yeah, probably. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so the quote is: Here in Quebec, drugs are decriminalized, but they have criminalized maple syrup, which is more dangerous for people. <laughs> well, and that was like right at the end of the episode. It's like a slow zoom out over the city, and I was like, "Yeah." I really hope that he delivered it in the same deadpan manner she, you did. Oh, excuse me, sorry. Mm. I really hope she delivered. No, it. she was quite serious. <laughs> yeah okay even better yeah um i would love like cuts away zooms out and then just like a little caption comes up and it's like over over indulgence in sugar related illnesses including diabetes and uh, yeah, obesity public, public safety announcement yeah. at the end of it yeah cost for work 28 million dollars a year in public health yeah drugs 14 million dollars maple syrup is worse. <laughs> um yeah, so that is the great Canadian maple syrup heist. Mm. There, there, there are like other sources and things you can find which have which go into more detail. But this no, was just like this was like there's no other sources. Know, a quick version just that, that we could do. Um, yeah, I I still find it just bizarre. It is bizarre. Thing. It's cool though. Yeah, like uh, to be fair to them, they did really well. Like there was some great like um, great criminal thought there. Oh yeah, 
Yeah. And then yeah. just made some missteps. Yeah. And for three people, well, two people who were like, for all intents and purposes, rank amateurs and then one mafioso. Yeah. Decent work. Yeah. Like, good on you, lads. Yeah. They had, a, they had a good old crack at it. I'll say that much. You know what they say? Crime does pay. No. Like a crime. <laughs> it's pretty sweet. <laughs> Damn it. Thanks. Fuck you. <laughs> I am slowly working my way through this beer. Yeah. I am drinking it a bit faster than I probably should be, but it's going down so alarmingly well. Yeah. It's, um... I also really now want maple syrup. Yeah. Like, I, quite badly. I don't have any. I'm sorry. That's all right. I don't think that's... I, I don't think I'm just going to do a shot of it. I also did eat the hotcake syrup that was left behind from the breakfast episode we did. Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah. What did you read it on? Uh, the apple pie that my girlfriend made me for my oh, birthday. Yeah. It, it worked really well. It looks real good as yeah. well. Yeah. She's a fairly decent cook. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Mm. It's a big, thick apple pie as oh, well. Oh, it's so good. Yeah. Fuck yeah. Um, my stepmom once made me a Guinness cake for my birthday, which Ooh, was really boy. good. Yeah. Oh, uh, Jesus. It, relatedly, I um, I tried... I took a photo and I didn't send it to you. Right. I tried some of those brownies yesterday. Oh, the cereal milk stout. Holy fuck. Are they actually good? Good, man. Damn. They were so good. Oh, I'm jealous, actually. Oh, mate, they were so decent. Yeah. She... she, she Bought the cereal milk stout from um, Small Patch Shop yeah. in Hawthorne. Yeah. And then she took had some of the brownies in and they gave her a couple of beers in, in like, really? like return. That's, yeah. that's pretty good. Yeah, I that's like that. Nice. Yeah. yeah. But man, oh, that place is good. That brownies were good. I had them last night while I was at um, Luke's place, um, yeah. Black Sheep. Yeah. Um, yeah. Although she, well, she, she brought them in like a little like a Ziploc sandwich bag. Oh. So she like pulled it out and there's two brownies that, in a baggie. No, that's, and that's I was like, a certain that look. looks so dodgy. Yeah. No, there's beer in them. It's beer brownies. <laughs> Are they magic? Yeah, they're fucking great. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> the brownies, what's not to like? Yeah. Are they uh, special brownies? Yeah, someone made yeah. them just for me. <laughs> uh, mm, come with us, sir. Well, there was one guy in there and I was chatting away and, and Luke was like, he's a cop. And I was like, oh, he's like, he doesn't give a fuck. I was like, good. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> just wipe the sweat off my forehead. Yeah, like that Jordan Peele meme. Yeah. Is it Jordan Peele? Yes. It's Key and Peele. Yes. Yeah. 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 yeah, man. So that, yeah, like I said, that's a story of the great Canadian maple syrup heist. Yeah, dude. I, no, of 2012-ish. Like, I, I can... You should, I, you should actually, you should watch that, I'm that go- show, the Dirty Money. Yeah, I think I'm going to have to. Yeah, like, there's, I need a, a there's a couple of other good episodes in there, like one on sort of pharmaceutical industry in the US, like one of the particular companies that like jacks up the prices on staff. Oh, yeah, yeah. There's one about like, I think it's... Uh, Maybe it's HSBC when they were like laundering money for cartels and shit. Whoa. Yeah. Yeah. There's some, there's only six episodes, but Wild. they're pretty good. Yeah, man. That sounds great. Yeah. It sounds like a good show. Yeah. Let's check it out. Yeah. I hope they do more of it. Cause it, like I said, it came, it was like six episodes last year. Mm. Um, I haven't heard anything about it since, but yeah. Um, no, that's all the dirty money there is. Yeah. Well, I, I couldn't believe this fucking maple syrup episode when I watched it. I was yeah. sitting there the whole time just kind of like, what, 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 hey, what? There's that's, a, there's a global reserve. Yeah. It's <laughs> so, it's so bizarre. Like when you find out about like the depth of some things that of you don't some expect. Industries, yeah. Yeah. yeah mad. Mm. No, that's cool, man. I, um, like I say, feeling a little bit like I want maple syrup now, but, um, mm. they might be also partly due to the beer with the, the strong sort of. Maple it's flavors cutting through there. Quite probable. Yeah. I would go as far as saying it's probably something to do with the fact that I'm also a little bit half cut now. Yeah. You could also just drink more of this beer. It kind of tastes a bit like maple syrup. That sounds like a spectacular idea, Mike. Doesn't it just? I'm yeah. going to join you. Oh. 
uh, this really is good. I've yeah. had the Mountie before, I think. Do we have Maybe. that on Stout Day Part 1? I... No, I don't think so. Mm, no. Fair enough. Um, no, I, I think I bought like a four-pack of these because it sounded great and I just went mm. with it. And then I had a couple and then I was like, I could do something with this for the show. And then I did. Here we are now. Hi. Hello. <laughs> Hi, welcome to Hey Brew. Wait. No. We need to do... Recursive. The opposite of that. Mm. All right, well... Which is... You're not welcome to Hey Brew. Well, I mean... Don't take it. <laughs> what? I don't know. <laughs> it's gone so bad. Ah, uh, Mike. Yes. Let's say hypothetically. Yeah. Um, say so you're a guy. So, or a girl. Or anything else. Yeah. Let's say you're a human being that... Mm-hmm. And yes, I am excluding people who class themselves as other kin, because fuck those people. Wow. Class yourself as what you want, but you're not a wolf. Fuck you. Oh, okay. Okay. Say, say you're a... Say you're a... Uh, being a being <laughs> say you're a being and you this has gone wild just say say you wanted to hear more of the show yes but there wasn't an episode out yet and you were like well is there anywhere i can consume content that maybe isn't in an audio format maybe in a visual format mm-hmm. online about hey brew wow if one wanted to do that mm. how might one go about that well fuck that was tangential that's all right if you... That's very much the show, though. If you like using Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram... Three you, of the biggest social media networks yeah, in the world. You can find us on all of them with the ah, same username. What's that? Hey Brew Podcast. Fantastic. It's Why all, am I doing it like it's this? All one, it's all one word. It's like an infomercial. Yeah. It's like you're the straight man. Phrase <laughs> um, never used to describe me. <laughs> uh, alternatively, they can, people can email us mm-hmm. at hello at heybrew.zone. What was that name again? It was hello at heybrew.zone. That's Mr. Plow. <laughs> um, that's, that's Mr. Heybrew to you. Um, do I have to make the... Don't. Okay. <laughs> um, Sorry, the implication there wasn't um, Mr. Heybrew is my father. It was, do I have to call you Daddy Heybrew? No. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, that's Daddy Brew. <laughs> Uh, if we ever make beer, I think we've found our name. Uh, I make beer. <laughs> no, if we ever make one together. Oh well, yeah, yeah, we're gonna do that anyway. Yeah, um, yeah, we will. We will take anything to that email address if that's uh, suggestions. Whoa, whoa, for... whoa, 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 whoa. Okay. reason. Don't subscribe us to mailing lists. I will get you kicked off the internet. I have that power. He does. He's yeah. pretty good. I, I know computers. <laughs> he runs a, a, a podcaster. You know. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we'll take suggestions for topics or beers or any kind of feedback or questions. You know, we're, we're just keen to hear from people at this point. It feels like we're shouting into a void otherwise. <laughs> yeah, I thought you meant during this segment because I was kind of like listening to you, but zoning out. And I thought you were like, feels like I'm shouting into a void. Yeah. Elliot, Elliot. <laughs> I'm, I'm leaving gaps for you to, to interject, but you're not in. You're no, not, I do apologize. I was no, kind of like, hmm, yes. Um, Yeah. Yeah, we'd also, we'd also appreciate, obviously, uh, reviews and things on, on iTunes. If you like what we do, this episode has been a little more chaotic due to it being number two for today. Yeah, and uh, there's already being, what is essentially now, three 6% beers in? Well, the other one was like, what, one point something eight. standard drinks in a can, and we've now done another what, two to three by now. You just say cans. I did say cans. 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 Uh... I feel like I'm missing something, but I cannot remember what it is. You cannot remember. Um, uh, it was about leaving us a review That'd on be great. iTunes. Yep. Uh, nope. I'm blanking on the rest. That's all right. Allow me. I got this film. Oh, heybrew.zone is the website. Yeah. That's that's what I was going to say. Uh, there's. It's a great place to hear us. 
yeah, you, you can actually just listen to us in your web browser on the website or mm. there's links on the subscribe page out to various uh, podcast providers to go and just subscribe to us where you like. Mm. Should you wish to find us, you can find us on Shopify. Shopify? Spotify. Do you know what's annoying is every time I contact Shopify, <laughs> which I do a bit of work, you think about Spotify? I call them fucking Spotify. Yeah. You can find us on Spotify. You can find us on iTunes. Mm-hmm. You can find us on Stitcher. You can find us on Pocket Casts. You can find us in RSS feeds around the world. Well, well, and one RSS feed that you can put where you like. Yeah. Yeah. Found in all good podcast apps and some crap ones. <laughs> yeah, I guess. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I, I kind of just use the one. I don't know about other ones. Yeah, same. Yeah. Um, actually, no, I used to. It uh, doesn't matter. Anyway, um, <laughs> that has been disjointed. Yeah. This has been Hebrew. It has. Around the topic of. Uh, the great Canadian maple syrup heist. I didn't know you were going to throw to me there. No, I didn't. I, I realized as I started doing it, I was like, this is going to sort of blindside him. And I'm really glad you weren't just like, take that moment to look away as I pointed at you. Uh, it would have been really awkward to be like, and there was on the topic of Mike. Mike. The Atlanta Falcons. Just, <laughs> <laughs> we got one. Um, so yeah, thanks very much. Uh, I've been Elliot. And I have been Mike. Cheers. Cheers. Well, no, I left out a couple of the characters that they spoke to, characters, people. It's not a fictional thing. Because, um, yeah, I was like, they're not totally germane to the stuff that I'm talking about. Oh, great word. Mm. Mm. Jermaine um, Greer. Jermaine Clement of Flight of the Concords. Mm. Jermaine Jackson. Also, yes. Come also, on, keep this going. I don't know any more Jermaines. All right. <laughs> These are the Jermaines I know. <laughs> <laughs>